go to the word of the Lord, uh, the book of John, the fourth chapter, John 4. Start our reading today in verse 5. Man, the word of the Lord says, uh, Then cometh he, Jesus, to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the wall, on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. I guess that is there to say that they would have got him something to drink, maybe. Then saith the woman of, the Samaria, of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drinketh thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Aren't you thankful for that living water that never leaves, that's always there, that's always flowing, amen, in our life, everlasting life. Amen, I want to preach to you for today from this title, uh, Dig or Draw, Dig or Draw. Turn to a few people and greet them, amen, as you are seated today. Amen. When you when you woke up this morning, and uh, at some point this morning you went over to your faucet and you turned the lever, and out came this nice, clear, cold water today. Cold water this morning, <clears throat> and uh, you know you brushed your teeth or whatever you do with that water. Hopefully, that's at least one of the things you did today. You brushed your teeth. Um, so we, that happens so often throughout the day and we don't even keep track of how many times we are turning the lever and out comes this fresh, clean, uh, drinkable water. Uh, and we, whether we realize it or not, that is such a luxury, uh, even in 2023, uh, to have running water, and also to have that running water to be drinkable, where you can drink it and not be sick. Uh, parts of the world who, who would love to have a, a lever and a faucet 
uh, and even more, they wouldn't even they wouldn't even care about the touchless ones. They'll just they'll take the lever. Uh, but uh, having running water and plumbing in our house is such a blessing uh, that maybe we don't even realize how blessed we are to have that. As part of our society, we've that has been incorporated in our uh, society as as with the advancement of technology to have indoor plumbing. But uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but the world was never uh, used to run like that. Uh, for the most part of human history, uh, you had to hunt and find water and uh, pray that you could, wouldn't get sick from drinking it. Um, even now so, nowadays connected to the city and they, they say there's a boil water notice. Uh, so every now and again you get a little, uh, just a small, small, small taste of, of pre-20th century living where you may have to boil your water. Uh, but we are blessed to have that, and uh, talking about a well uh, may, be, may be like a different language to many people. Uh, maybe kids today don't even know what a well is, or uh, if you grew up in the city, uh, connected to city water, you definitely maybe not have ever seen a well. Uh, but if you live out uh, apart from the city, outside of it, uh, most likely you probably are on a well, and you have a well on your property somewhere that gives you this water to drink. Um, and so uh, it, is a, it is a blessing to be able to have a source of, of drinking water at your home, whether, however you get it, uh, be able to have that, as opposed to, as in our story, going to a well and finding, uh, finding a well and drawing water and carrying it back to your house every single day. Uh, to have that uh, life-giving source because water is essential for life and we need it uh, every part of our uh, day. And so we get so dependent upon that and we may not even think about uh, the indoor plumbing blessing that we have. Uh, But we do think about that when the power shuts off and then we realize, man, I I miss that water. I'll take anything to have that lever open up and uh, uh, that water to come out again. And even out, obviously, if you have a well, you're in the same problem as everyone else because you need that pump and that power to, to draw up that water uh, unless you have an, an, old school, um, an old school well, which I don't know many people do that. Those are probably, they can't even put those in museums, but... Uh, but that is something that uh, we, we see, obviously, in the times of the Bible where uh, wells was very important. It was a matter of life and death to have a well and to be close to a well. And cities would be built around uh, water sources because that is uh, the, the, the reason that you are alive is through that. And so uh, to have a well, you would be considered blessed beyond to have a personal well as we all are, and so we're all blessed beyond measure to have our own personal well just simply because we have indoor plumbing. But back then, uh, thousands of years ago, as we see in our story, a woman came to a well to draw water uh, to get to take back to her home. And uh, the name of this well was called Jacob's Well. 
simply because obviously it was Jacob's well that he uh, had. He didn't purchase it, but he had. Uh, he purchased land and he had to dig a well. That's the way wells came about. Is they are uh, get a good old fashioned shovel and start digging, and you can dig yourself a well. The good news is, is that being in Southwest Florida, we so close to the water table down here that if the power does go out for a, a extended period of time, you can just grab a shovel and go out and start digging and in a matter of a few feet, you'll find water. Uh, that is a blessing as well. Otherwise, you live somewhere uh, in the Midwest or somewhere where you can't dig three feet and you're not going to find water. Uh, so uh, know this, if the grid ever shuts down and we're, we're without power for a long time, grab that shovel and get to work and uh, you'll have some water in a matter of time. Uh, but we are blessed to have that. And so we see here the Jacob's well, uh, it was his well. And, and look at the pride the, the language that she talked about is this is Jacob's well. He gave us this well. I mean, this was uh, a source of life for them and they were blessed uh, to have it. And they looked uh, up to it so much as, as this is a cherished place because this is this is Jacob's well. And even even this woman saying, uh, are thou greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? And so you gave somebody a well back then and they're going to be, they're going to think you're the best. You're going to think you're the greatest because it is a life giving source um, that you provide for other people. And so Jesus this day decided to go through the city of Samaria and as the woman explained to us, the readers, the audience, that Jews really don't know normally deal with the Samaritans because uh, they were uh, they were uh, a mix between Jews and and Gentiles, and they 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 weren't holding to the faith, uh, and so the Jews didn't want any dealings with them. And so if you look at the land of, of Israel, uh, Samaria was almost kind of right in the middle of it. And people, the Jews would actually, instead of going straight down, you want to go to Jerusalem, you can go straight down from Galilee up in that area. You can go straight down. But that meant you'd have to pass through Samaria. So the quickest route to Jerusalem, if you're in Galilee or North Israel, would be to go right through Samaria, straight line. But the, the Jews did not want to deal with Samaritans or even be around them. And so they would actually purposely take a long route to skip around to go to, to bypass Samaria so that they can go down to Judah and, and the southern part of Israel. Uh, that's how much they did not like uh, the Samaritans. But this day was a different day because Jesus said, I need to go through Samaria. Uh, this was uh, outside the norm, and uh, obviously the custom, as I just explained it, that people wouldn't do that. But uh, something was different about this day, uh, that when the Lord Jesus says, I'm going to go through Samaria, this, the, the disciples, I hope, uh, turned their heads and were thinking, what's going to happen today? Because this is not the normal way we take, and we've often bypassed Samaria, but today the Lord is, is up to something, that something must be waiting for him in Samaria. And I'm thankful that uh, God does his will, and he doesn't listen to our opinions, and he doesn't hold to our cultures and customs, because God, this is, we don't do it this way, the Lord God, we don't, we don't go around that way. Uh, God says, no, I'm going to do my will, I know of a need that needs to be met, and 
I don't care about the customs or what's going on. I've got a hungry soul that needs to be touched, and I'm going to go bypass through, right through Samaria so that I can find that person in need. And so whatever situation you are going through, God is not going to bypass anything. He'll go directly to you. He'll find you wherever you are, and just so happens he posts up right here at this well to meet this woman of Samaria who comes to find out needed some help. She didn't realize, or maybe she wouldn't admit she needed some help, but more details in the story tell us uh, that she uh, could have used some help. Uh, and so coming into uh, uh, Sychar, Samaria, where this well was, the Bible tells us that it's the, the sixth hour of the day, meaning it's about noontime. And we can understand what it means around noontime. Noon, it's going to be pretty hot uh, at noontime. And so uh, so most people would not be out and about, especially if you're going to lug, uh, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 gallons of water. Uh, I would rather do that in the morning than in uh, peak day uh, because it's going to make a big difference on your body uh, and uh, affect you uh, in, uh, that way. And so... Obviously, they would, uh, most people would go out in first thing or early mornings to get that and get their water in the cool part of the day. But Jesus decides uh, to arrive in Samaria at about high noon. Now, the Lord, knowing everything, he could have planned his trip and he could have arrived in Samaria at any time he wanted. But it just so happened that he arrived here at Samaria at noontime uh, when uh, this woman was coming out to draw water. Uh, Song of Solomon 1 and 7 says, Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth. Uh, where thou feedest and where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. And so noontime was not just the hottest part of the day, but this was also the time, a time of rest, where the flocks would, uh, the shepherds would bring all their flocks and they would uh, sit down in the shade and they would cool and, and find a place of rest. But yet uh, at noontime in Samaria by the well of Jacob, there's somebody that is not resting. Everybody else may be at rest and in the cool of the part of the shades or in their homes, but here comes a woman who is not resting like everybody else. There's something inside of her that her soul is not at ease and at rest. Maybe she's weary from life and, and she's worn down and beaten down, and so here while everyone else is resting, there she comes in the hottest part of the day where she has no rest, where her soul is troubled. Her soul is not at ease because she's coming out when everybody else is resting but I'm thankful to read that Jesus knew that her soul was at trouble he knew that she was weary and hard that she was logging and dragging outside at high noon when everyone else should be resting there's somebody God saw her from a mile away and he came to her and I'm here to tell you today that if you're weary and your soul needs rest Jesus knows exactly where you're at he knows your situation 
situation. He knows where you're going through, and he's not going to leave you or forsake you, but he can actually come to you and sit there beside you on your couch or in your closet in your bedroom. If your soul is weary, Jesus is the life giver. He's come to give you peace. He's come to ease your soul and to comfort you with a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus knows if you're weary. He knows your need. Just, just surrender to him today and he can meet your needs and deliver you from your situation. I'm thankful for a God who knows when I'm hurting. I'm thankful that he knows when I'm, I'm, at, when I'm not at rest and there's something troubling my soul as he shows up for this lady's house and her life right at the time. Everyone else, everyone else is at rest. But here comes this woman. You should be resting. You should be resting. Why aren't you out resting? Why are out you troubling yourself even more so? But Jesus knows everyone's need. Even of a Samaritan, he knew her need. And so the meeting place, he just so happened. Again, the timing of it all is just perfect. The, the, the story kind of tells us that it almost seems like he arrived into Samaria, Sychar, and he just so happened to sit down at the well. And then it seems like within a matter of moments, here come this lady was, came to, to draw from the well. The timing of it all, because five minutes later, Jesus arrived five minutes too late, and she would have already drawn her water and been gone. But he arrived just in time. I'm thankful for a God who knows exactly when to show up. It's not always on on my watch. It's not always on my time when I think, God, you should be here now. No, God's going to do everything in his time, and it's all going to be good and well because God does all things well, and we just got to learn to wait and figure out what it is his purpose is. And so uh, here we are now sitting down at Jacob's well, the meeting place of the city where they would go and get life giving water. Uh, and so uh, in a land that depended on rainwater to supply because uh, there's not much uh, rivers over there. Uh, and so if they're going to build a city, um, they're going to dig wells and they're dependent on the rain. And so uh, well, wells were very valuable in that time. And if you were able to have one, as I said, it, you would be elevated above the rest. It gives you a name, as we see, Jacob's Well. You got a name, uh, a, a well named after you. And it gives you security because you know that I always have water. I always have access to uh, what I need to get. And uh, also, it, it, it gives you uh, rights to the land and to the property around it. It made you a landowner if you dug a well. Because that's how important and valuable a well was. If you dug the well, guess what? That's, that's, your, that's your land because uh, all the land around it is going to be uh, su- sustained and provided by the well, the water that you draw out of that. And so uh, over there uh, in, in Jerusalem... Uh, touring the city, they talked about King Herod, Herod the Great, as we uh, had talked about, and he wasn't great because he was a great guy, uh, but he was uh, great because of he's a great builder, and he wanted people to like him, even though he'd killed he'd kill you for anything. Uh, so, uh, one of the things that they said that he did was 
help bring uh, bring water into the city of Jerusalem, and it, and it would with the plumbing and uh, the gravity and all that stuff back then, uh, he would have. You would have just water just dripping out of the walls where you can go and just gather water. That's just, that's a, a sign, an indication to show off how just how wealthy you are and how kind you are. Because as, as hard as it is to get water over there, here in, in, in Jerusalem, King Herod just lets water just drip out of the walls. You can come and gather all of those things. And so all to help him and his name and and to be, a, uh, be that to somebody else. But... Uh, but before one drop of water could be drawn and drunk from a well, the well first has to be dug. Somebody has to put in the effort, the time, and the energy, and the sweat to dig down to find that water table, to find that source of life. And here we, are, we see Jacob's well. So whether he dug it or his servants did, it's attributed to him. And so uh, somebody else dug this well. And here this woman was coming to gather water from it. And, and so this woman was living off of somebody else's well. Living off of somebody else's hard work and somebody else's labor, somebody else's sweat and tear and tears. And Jesus showed up and said, it's time that you stop living off somebody else's well. I'm here to provide you. I can give you a well of your own. If you're hungry enough, I can sustain you. You don't need to draw water from here anymore, but I can give you a living water that you'll never thirst again, everlasting water. And so this year, 2023, needs to be the year where we stop drawing water from other people's well, and we pick up a shovel, and we start digging up our own well so that God can supply our needs and we can have our, our own personal well with God and we don't need to be pulled from somebody else's well who dug it themselves but this year we can start digging our own well you see we can we show up to church and we just kind of just jump in and it's just water's flowing the spirit's moving but uh it, it takes work and effort for for that all to transpire and come together because God honors sacrifice and dedication and and the prayers of those who come early to pray and to sacrifice and give and so it's easy to come to church and just to jump in and say man the water's moving and there's lots of water in here well how did it all get here how did the water get here? Somebody had to start digging somewhere. Somebody picked up a shovel. And in this year, we all need to find a shovel and start digging and say, hey, I've, I've drunk of the water long enough. I need to start digging and maybe adding my own well so that I can help somebody else because I've lived off of Jacob's well long enough. I need to have my own well. And Jesus said, hey, I can give you a well if you want it. I give you a well that springs forth everlasting water and everlasting life, and you'll never thirst again. And so we can draw from somebody else's well, and we can also draw from old past experiences. We can say, though, I've, I've been born again, uh, as Jesus said, born of the water and of the Spirit, and I did all that, and I uh, was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, you know, 25 years ago. I'm, I'm good. That well is there. And, and, and that's a great experience, but uh, have you dug any new wells since then? That's the question. 
Have you, have you uh, uh, grown in God where, you, where you've got uh, not just one well, not just one tap, one source to God, but you've got many sources because uh, God has brought you so far. All of these, all of these patriarchs, Adam and uh, or Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they didn't dig just one well. They had many wells. Why, why would you stop at one well when you can have as many wells as you want? And that's the thing, same thing with God. Even though we have the, the Holy Ghost is the, the main well, uh, you can dig more experiences in God, a, a fresh touch, a, a fresh encounter with God, a newer, deeper relationship with God is going to require some digging. And so I believe that there is a, a new well inside of every single one of our lives that God is, there's a source down inside every one of us that we all haven't tapped into yet. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church, there's still a new well that you can dig into. If you pick up a shovel in God and you start digging, hey, I want to find a new well. I want to find a new fresh uh, touch, a fresh calling, a, a fresh anointing, a, a fresh ministry in God. It's all available to every single one of us we just got to learn to pick up the shovel or we can just live off our one well our one experience with God but God wants uh, a new well uh, to be dug uh, in our lives because he teaches us new things God is ever, ever, ever growing and ever uh, knowledgeable and we're trying to seek after him and so uh as many wells, as many experiences as we can get with God is only going to better us. That way, if, if, if one well dries up, hey, I still, got, I still got 40 more wells. I'm good. You know, not that we need to figure out why that well dried up, but uh, uh, we, as long as we have all these uh, experiences and, 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 and wells dug with the Lord, we have uh, security that provides us that, that walk and that bedrock of our relationship with him. And so the well that Jesus gives, that also gives you eternal security, just as a regular well did, a natural well. And a natural well gave you the security that you're going to live as long as that well has water and you're gonna, you gives you rights to that property. Uh, Jesus, uh, with the well that Jesus gives us, it also gives us an eternal security that I know that God is preparing a place for me and that I know that it gives me some kind of property rights too. Why? Because Jesus said, in my Father's house are many men mansions, and I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Uh, and so if you've been born again of the water and of the spirit, and if you have that well with God, that also gives you a place in heaven uh, because you are a property owner, a property rights uh, for that well that comes with God. And so, but it's got to be dug. Wells always have to be dug. And so, to follow what Jesus said in John chapter 3, it says, you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of heaven. You cannot enter unless you are born again, born of the water and of the spirit. And so that, that shows us that uh, there's, uh, uh, you know, requirements uh, that we must uh, abide by and obey in order to get in uh, to heaven, to see heaven. Uh, and that's coming from Jesus. So he must know what he's talking about. And so to be born of the water of the spirit means to be baptized in Jesus' name and to be filled with the Holy Ghost evidence and speaking in other tongues. And so uh, that too has to be dug. Repentance is grabbing the shovel and beginning to dig. 
beginning to dig, you're digging your own grave. Because repentance is dying out to my will and my desires and my kingdom and all of these things. And so uh, uh, to show God that you are uh, truthful and, and heartfelt about that, we got to repent. That's the first thing we got to do is we got to come to God and we got to repent of all of our sins and all the things that I've done. And, and that is, in essence, picking up a shovel and you're starting to dig. Dig your own grave because uh, though my life doesn't matter anymore. What uh, I, I've made a mess of my life and I I can't do it on my own, but I need you, Jesus. And as soon as we turn from our ways and start turning to him and picking up that shovel, he sees that our desire and our hunger and our intent, and he will come and lead us uh, to truth and obedience of his word. And so repentance is beginning to die out to our own grave. And being baptized means to be buried with him. And so you don't get the name until you start digging and you start until you're buried. That's when you get the name of Jesus. You want a well uh, in your life? Uh, there's only one well now that is called Jesus' well. And the only way to get to that is you gotta pick up a shovel and you gotta die out in repentance and you gotta start digging and you gotta you gotta get that throw that dirt on top and you gotta be buried with him in the waters of baptism, and that's when you start you pick up his name. Your name doesn't matter anymore in the kingdom of God. It's all about Jesus, uh, the name that is greater than every other name, no other name given among men, whereby we must be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee is gonna bow and every tongue will confess. That's the name that I want to be identified with. That's the name that I want to be called upon and, and called over me when I am buried uh, in the waters of baptism. And so uh, uh, wells in the water source are always in the ground. They're underneath the surface. So you can spend all the time you want on the surface, but you're never going to find the water source. There's so many uh, surface Christianities out there, different uh, sects and religion of, of Christianity that just they just seem to be walking on the surface. But if they just picked up a shovel and they started digging, hey, there's something deeper here in the Word of God. Let's flip over to let's read the book of Acts and see what happened over there. There's a well that began to spring forth and everlasting light began to pour out as the Holy Ghost was poured out and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the others. There's something deeper than just on the surface level of walking to and fro the earth. But you got to pick up a shovel and you got to start digging. And not everybody wants to do that. The opportunity is there. The water beneath the surface is, is not a respecter of persons. The water table is available for anybody that is willing to tap into it. But you got to pick up a shovel and start digging. You dig and you dig and you dig until you strike some water, something that brings you new life. If, if you haven't felt uh, anything new uh, in your life uh, in a while and you just feel things are just kind of dry and dreary, and uh, I'll tell you what the answer is. Pick up a shovel and start digging because you, as a, after a matter of time, pretty soon you're going to find some water if you're digging it. If you're hungry enough and you're digging, you're going to find something. And so if, if, you're, if your walk with God has kind of been a little bit dry, feel like you're in the wilderness, Hey, pick up a shovel and say, hey, I got to dig deeper because there's no water here, but I know there's water somewhere down beneath where I'm at. I got to be willing to say, hey, God, whatever it takes, I got to get to that water source. Whatever it takes, I got to get down there to that well. But once you have a well, 
doesn't mean that your days are at ease and you just sit back and, and relax uh, because uh, everything is now taken care of. You took the time to dig the well, put the, the labor in, the sweat and the tears, and got the blisters and all, all of that, digging your own well. Uh, but now that you have that, you've tapped into the living water source. Uh, uh, that does not mean that your days are at ease now. That's when something called maintenance comes in. It's like if you were to, when you when you get your house, you buy a house, or you're moving to a new place. You're like, ah, oh, we're finally here. Time to kick back and enjoy it all. No, that's that's when maintenance starts. I wish you, there was no thing as called maintenance, but it seems like maintenance is more work than buying the house. And it's a lifelong thing. And so just because you've tapped into the Holy Ghost, that also means, hey, now the maintenance starts kicking in. And you got to keep track of things. And you got to watch things and patrol things and walk around and clean up things and, and check things and hinges and doors. And uh, all of these, the scheduled maintenances of coming uh, w- with a well, you got to make sure the well, the water is still there. So once... You've got a well. That's really when the real work begins. As hard as it was digging to get that, and and as hard as you pursued after God and and finally uh, repented of your sins and and got the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name, many people will think, ah, time to, it's it's all ease now. uh, I got that. I checked that off. Well, that's when real living really actually begins. That's where your Christian walk and your uh, righteous and holy living really begins is after you get the Holy Ghost and after you've been born again and after you've gotten the well and tapped into it and got that taste of the water, the living water, that's when it really begins. Because that's when things can happen to your well if you're not careful. And that's when friends or family members or even the devil doesn't like you having that well. That's where maybe persecution starts coming because they want you to fill that well in. They're not going to take the time to invest in digging a well, but they don't like you having a well. They don't like you talking about God. They don't like you going to church uh, and talking about how great God is. And so uh, that, that, that's a time when persecution or hardship may come in your life because you finally got that well and, and the, the water started springing forth out of you and you're just so joyful and, and you can't contain it inside. And, and people, you find out who your real friends are and who really, who really care about uh, you and your walk with God. There's not many that are left. But that's where maintenance comes in because once you've got the Holy Ghost and all that, that's when you really got to start watching and being aware because uh, the enemy does not want you to have access to that source of life. And so he'll do his best to get you to fill that well in with whatever it is. So many things nowadays. A bucket of dirt here, a bucket of dirt there. No, it's not. It's not a big deal. It's not a sin. It's not not that I'm sinning against God. It's not written in the Bible. But uh, is it adding a bucket of dirt to your to your well or not? Is it a weight or a distraction that takes you away from from the well itself? Uh, we see here in in Genesis where uh, Isaac uh, had some wells. 
But the problem was, there, his father's wells, Isaac had some wells of himself, but his father had some wells. And what happened was the Philistines did not like Abraham having wells. And so what did they do? They went and they filled it all in. They took all the dirt of this world and they just dumped it in his well. And all of a sudden, now, now you don't have a well anymore. Where once was a well, where once uh, uh, life uh, was springing forth and uh, the, the desires and the hunger for God just was, uh, and the passion and the zeal for the things of God were just flowing, overflowing. Now all of a sudden it doesn't seem like it's flowing much anymore. Uh, I, I, would, I would ask you to look at your well. How much dirt has been dumped in the well? And how deep is the well and how deep is the water that's in the well? But if it's just a, a, a shallow little bit of water, that means a lot of dirt got in somehow. Uh, and maybe we weren't doing our best in maintenance mode, watching out uh, how uh, these cans of, of dirt get dumped in our well. But we got to make sure we're on guard uh, to be sober and to be vigilant of our well because this is my well of salvation. I can't allow anything to go inside of it to fill this well up because there's nothing else. We got to be on guard watchful every single day if anything is trying to put something in my well it's going to take away from my my walk and my hunger and my desire with God and eventually I can be ended up left with a dry well not that the water disappeared just that I allowed dirt to be dumped in water still at the same level but if we look in our well and there's not much water in there that means most likely a lot of dirt got dumped in. We see in Genesis 26, then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he came, became very great, for he had uh, possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servant had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. You see, the Philistines were the enemy of the people of God. They're always there in the land as a, as a thorn in the flesh, as a, as a deterrent, as an enemy, to, an obstacle, a barrier uh, to just show up and to start wreaking havoc in your life. I'm here to tell you that the enemy of your soul does not, is not going to just leave you alone. And what he wants to do is to fill in your well, but we got to stand up and say, you're not going to fill up my well. I'm going to make a stand, and I'm going to fight and protect my well and all the wells that I have because uh, this well is the most precious thing to me. Uh, without it, I am nothing, and, and we can easily get uh, distracted in, 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 in such a materialistic in a blessed world that we live, uh, we can easily get our eyes off our well and get distracted by other things and to come out, come to find out dirt has been dumped in my well. And so we know we have uh, an adversary, an enemy. Uh, Peter tells us the adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Uh, because he's out there to try to kill, steal, and destroy your life and your walk and your calling and your ministry, and he's trying to fill in your well. But he's not the only enemy out there. One of our, our greatest enemy, if not the greatest, is our own carnal flesh. 
Our own carnal flesh will try to put in put uh, dirt in the well while we're sleeping. It'll it, it, it's working against us. The spirit is warring against the flesh, and so we gotta not only watch out for the devil, but we gotta watch out for our own carnality because it can start kicking in dirts while dirt buckets while we're not looking, and we can be drawn away by the lust of the flesh or or lust of the eyes or the pride of life. Those things that, that come a part of this natural world and our natural body. If we're not careful, if we're not on maintenance mode, uh, our own carnality can kick the buckets in and fill up our spiritual well because we've uh, 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 given, we've fed our flesh more than we did our spirit. And so we need to make sure that we uh, get out of uh, out of ease and, and and kick back and stop kicking back because it's not it's just not all easy. We got to make sure that we are uh, maintaining and fighting uh, to keep our well dug because without that we have nothing. Without the Holy Ghost in our life we have nothing. Without the Spirit moving in my life I have nothing. I have no joy. I have no peace. I have no uh, gentleness, meekness, kindness. I have no love. And so we don't need to shut those things off. No, we need to let those things flow more than ever before. We need the, the rivers of living water to be spewing out of us in 2023. Of all the things that are going on in the world, I don't need any more of that. I need more coming up from inside of me. I need more of God's spirit pouring out of my life. I need more of an anointing from God. I need a fresher touch. I need to get deeper and keep digging deeper in God as this world turns and gets darker and darker by the day. I got to make sure my well is deep deep and nobody's going to come and dig your well for you nobody's going to come and, and get the dirt out that you allowed into your life you got to pick up the shovel and you got to figure out what what got in your well and why there's such little so little water left in your well and, and help remove all of those things uh, because uh, this world is 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 turning uh, more and more hostile towards people of faith, people that are believe in the word of God, people that believe that there's two sexes because the Bible says male and female. We're, we're, uh, there's, there's a buffer out there. They haven't hit, they have, they're not at our front door yet, but if you can't tell, they're, they're, they're coming in that direction. They're on their way. They're marching towards, and uh, we got to make sure that you have access to a life that is beyond this world because uh, the things in this world can be taken away, and don't fear the one who can kill the body, but you fear the one who can kill the body and the soul. So we got to make sure that our wells are dug deep, and hey, we need to start digging a new well. It doesn't matter how many wells you have. In 2023, maybe it's the year we start digging another well, a new fresh well uh, to have that in our as an asset because I need all the wells that I can get. Musicians, if you would come. And so what did Isaac do? The Philistines, they filled in his father's wells. Well, back in that day, his well was very valuable. And so what did he do in verse 18? It says, Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. The Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father called them. And so maybe you're 
asking yourself, or maybe you've thought about it, where did, where did all my zeal go? Where did, my, where did my passion go for God? Am I still on fire as, uh, on fire as I was at a previous time in my life? You think back and at some point of your life and when just God was just consumed you and everything was just about God and you were just, you were just so in love with, with God and church and, and ministry and all of these things. And uh, uh, what happened to that? Why, isn't that? why isn't that there in my life now? Well, I'd ask you to look at your well. Did dirt get dumped in your well somehow? Where did the passion go? Where did the desire and more for God go? That uh, the days where you where you could not get enough of God, where your where your normal prayer time was not going to cut it because you needed more. You're going to skip lunch and and just sit in the car and pray because uh, there's a something that was driving you uh, deeper and closer to God. Uh, if that is not still active in your life, where did it all go? God didn't leave. He doesn't leave or forsake us, but maybe something got put into our well. 2023, we need to dig again the wells that got filled in in our life. We need to dig up the, those wells of passion and the wells of, of zeal and, and our love and our hunger for God and, and re-dig those again, those things that got filled in, uh, that, the commitments that you had for God that are not active anymore in your life. We need to dig those up again and get those going again. It doesn't matter how long they've been buried, uh, how long the Philistines put the dirt in it. Isaac said, no, I got to dig up that well again. I got to put that time back in and get that thing going and get that well waters flowing up again. You know, he could have easily said, I'm just going to go dig a new well. But he didn't do that, did he? He said, no, that well was special. That well was important and to his father and to his life. And I'm just not going to let the enemy fill in my well and just go, oh, well, that was, I enjoyed that well. Maybe go, I'll go dig another well. Well, if we're not going to uh, re-dig an old well, we're definitely not going to be digging a new one. If, we, if, we're not, if we don't have that desire to keep that well alive, that desire is not going to translate, hey, let me just do something new. Because if we can easily make a commitment or a, or a passion or a desire for God and just let it go by the wayside and say, oh, I'll just I'll do something different now, it's not going to last. If we're not willing to fight for our old well, are we really going to fight for a new well? And when an adversary or, or hardship comes, we'll just say, ah, forget it. I'm going to go somewhere else and do a new, dig a new well over here. That's not the way of sustainability. The way to, st- to sustain yourself is to stand and fight and say, no, I'm going to make a stand today. This year, I'm going to redig all my old wells. That, that old calling that I had or, or that old commitment that I made to God that, uh, and the desires in my prayer life that I used to have, I'm going to redig that up this year. I'm going to get all that dirt out of the way and figure out how it got filled up with what things so that I can be a, a better a disciple of God knowing for where, where I I uh, allow these weak things and, 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 and aspects of my life to uh, allow dirt into my life and fill up my well. At this well, this year, I'm going to spring up a new well, an old well. And he said, after he dug them up again, 
What did he say? He said, I called them by the same name that they used to have. You see, God's not going to give you a new calling if you left your old calling buried. He's not going to give you a new anointing if you let the other one get filled up by the things of the world. No. What we got to do is this year we got to pick up a shovel and say, hey, where's that calling? Where's that anointing? Where's that ministry? I got to go find it again. I got to go dig it back up. Get all that filth out. Get all that worldliness out. And I got to find that and, and dig it deep again and call it by what it used to be called by as Isaac did. And so pretty soon all of those old, old callings and old wells are now active again. And then what does it say in verse 19? And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. You see, they didn't find a new well until they first dug up the old wells. If you're not willing to dig up your old commitments and, 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 and reconcile that with God, then what good is a new commitment? If you're not willing to take a, a responsibility and ask for forgiveness and, and God uh, for all, all my mistakes and shortcomings and all these things, we got to be willing to do that if we're willing to step up and make a, give us a new well because uh, we're not, God's not going to give us an, a new well if we forsook our old well. My kids want all these, all these new toys, every new toy that comes out, and every now and again I'll buy them a, a nice toy, and then I'll, uh, after a week or two it's just thrown in the toy box. Why would I give you a new toy? I just bought your toy, and you don't even play with it anymore. As simple as that is, it, it connects with us and God. We want all these new things in God, new experiences and, and, and new walks and, and new depths and all these things. Well, let's first look at our life. We need to go maybe back and dig up some of those wells because that's where they are. That's where the power was. That's where the calling of God was in that old well. And so dig that back up and say, God, I'm going to get back in it. I'm going to redig all these things no matter how long it takes. Why? Because you gave that to me. You poured that into my life, and I'm not just going to let it for me for Forsaken and allow the enemy to fill in my old well, but God, I gotta, I gotta redig that well. Gotta dig that again. See, if you want a new well, go find that old well called passion and and grab your shovel and start digging again. What has filled in this well? What what has gotten away from me uh, drawing from it? How come I can't draw from that well anymore? Well, something got in it. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 6. <clears throat> Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance. He's reminding Timothy. I'm putting you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Timothy, don't, don't, don't be praying to God. God, stir this up in me. God, stir it up. No, that's not what Paul said. Paul said, Timothy, you stir that up. God gave it to you. You stir it up. You get the shovel, and you start digging. It's going to take some effort, but you stir that gift back up. I'm putting you back in remembrance of all that God has done for you and the callings and your passions and your desires and the ministries. Hey, it's time to remember what God has done and go back to those things and dig those wells back up and get those things flowing again, and then God can begin to do something even new in your life, but not until those old things are dealt with. You see, Philistines and flesh will fill in your well and prevent the access to the water, but, but, but sometimes 
Sometimes you're doing everything right. If you stand with me. Sometimes you're doing everything right. You're warding off the enemy and you're keeping your flesh intact and check. And you're fasting and you're praying like you ought to and you're staying connected to the vine and you haven't been disconnected and all these things. And, uh, but sometimes when you're, when you're doing that, your well might run a little dry. But what happened? It, the Philistines didn't come. I, I'm guarding the door. I didn't, I didn't pour any dirt into my, my well, but go in there and it's, it seems like it's dried up. What happened? Sometimes the water just goes deeper. Sometimes God's saying, I know you've been drinking from this well for a while, but now's the time to get the shovel out again and let's dig to a a deeper level. Let's deepen up this well because deep calls unto deep. You've drank up all the water at that level. There's not much left for you, but what God will will, uh, push the water deeper down so that you'll get thirsty again and say, God, what is it? What is it that I need? And he's going to say, get a shovel. And it's time to go to a, diff- a deeper level in God because I want you to deepen this well. And I don't want to just stay at the same level, but we got to keep checking, keep checking our level with God. Uh, we do, you do everything right. Sometimes it's God who's drawing you to a deeper level. Sometimes it's the the... the the conviction of the Holy Ghost and the drawing of His Spirit saying, let's dig a little deeper today. Sometimes you kneel down and pray and, uh, and the water just starts gushing out and you're like, man, what, a, what an amazing, what a, what a great prayer session. What amazing, just God was just moving. But then the next day you can get down on your knees and pray and you're thinking, man, it's going to... Launch off like it did yesterday, and the next day it could just be feel like it's so dry. What happened is God's saying, Grab that shovel. It's time to dig a little deeper. Why? Because I'm drawing you to a deeper level. I, I want more. There's more things that I have for you. You've you've used up everything at that level. Now's the time to go even deeper in God and, and deeper in your walk with Him. And you've done nothing wrong, but God is just drawing you and saying, "Hey, it's time to get a little bit deeper in God." And they, Isaac goes on in verse 21. They digged another well. And strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. This is the first well that Isaac got to name. This is his well. The other ones were his father's. And this name, he called it Sitna. And that means strife. He dug a well called Strife. Sometimes you don't always know what God is doing. And sometimes some of the wells are harder to dig than others. 
This well was difficult for Isaac and his, his servants, and he called it strife because he, they strove and they had to fight to get this well dug. And sometimes we're, we're going through strife and through life, and we feel all, all, all beat down and dried out, but we can't, we can't put down the shovel. we got to still hold that in our hands and say, God, uh, i got to dig deeper in you. I, I, don't, I don't know where you're at, but, hey, I know that if I keep on digging, I'm going to find you again. I'm going to find the water table down below that you've deepened in my life. So sometimes you may have wells that are called strife. But had Isaac given up, had he not dug any more wells, he would have been the proud owner of strife. And we're all, we all can attest to strife in our life. We all have a strife well. But that should not prevent you from digging any more wells. Because the next well and the next verse, and he removed from thence, and he digged another well. And for, they, for that they strove not. And he called the name of it uh, Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. You see, had he, not, had he given up on strife, he would not have another well called Rehoboth, which Rehoboth means wide, wide open. It means a broad street. It means there's abundance of room, abundance of the water to flow. Wide open waters over there in the well of Rehoboth. But he first had to dig, redig the other wells. And then he ended up digging up a well called Strife. And I'm thankful he did not give up then because once he kept going, he dug that other well. Boy, did he ever strike oil there because that one was wide open. And so much water began to flow through there. And so where Wherever you are in your life, maybe you're digging the, the strife well right now. That's okay. Keep on digging because God's going to have another well for you. God has another well this year that's going to spring up, and it's going to be called Rehoboth. It's going to be wide open. There's plenty of room here in the waters where God has provided, but I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't put down the shovel. I kept it with me. And even, when there's, there's times when I draw out of the well. There's times where I got to put the bucket down and say, it's time to go back in. Time to grab my shovel and to go in the well and dig it even deeper. Get down there in the water in the trench with God and, and begin to find an even more water source out there. It's available for everybody. There's a well inside of you that you need to pick up a shovel and dig. I can't tell you how to get there. I don't know how deep it is, but I do know that if you pick up a shovel and you start digging in prayer and fasting and, and devoting yourself to the things of God, you're going to find that well, and it's going to spring up in your life, and it's going to give you some joy everlasting. It's going to give you new hope and happiness and, and all these things. Those are not found in the world. They're found in the well of God. So I want to open up these altars today. Anyone who wants to grab a shovel and come and say, God, I need more of you. God, I need more of you. And maybe you're dealing with strife. That's okay. Come on. Let's go. Let's start digging for Rehoboth. Digging for that wide open waters that God has for you. 
If it's been a while for you, come on, let's dig up some of that earth. Come on, find out what it is in your life that is pulling you away, that is distracting you and putting dirt in your well. God, we need you. We need you more this year, God. Help me, Lord, to be committed with my shovel that I can dig again. Come on, let's re-dig up those callings. Dig up that desire for God. It's there. It hasn't gone anywhere. Come on, let's cry out to him today. Just open up your heart. God, I need you. I need you more than ever, Jesus. Help me, Lord. For the Lord is good and his love Hallelujah, is Jesus. Yes, the Lord is good forever. And I shall from the mountain. Well, we gotta dig. Yes, the Lord is good. We gotta find that forever. source. Source of life. Oh, Hallelujah, Jesus. And oh, Hallelujah. All he is more of you. Nothing else, nothing else
Say we 